So I said I should be able to sniff, cough, sneeze, fart, and sniffle or whatever I said after that as much as I went prior to the mics being turned on. And you said I wish the mics were on. I know, but ladies don't fart. Yes, we do. You do? Yes, we do. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes they'll clear a room just like a guy's. The only thing we don't generally do is be really pleased with how strong and loud they are. Like, we're like, oop, I got a fart. Sorry. You know? Yeah. And and a guy just kind of brags about it. They just sit there and just like, they lift the leg, the butt cheek, wherever they're at. And they just like let it rip. And they let it go. Sometimes I can say that they can be long. (laughs) I mean... Whoo, you're like looking at him like, is it going to stop? <laughs> it's just going. And you're like, did it go from your stomach all the way out your butthole in one stream of, of gas? I mean, what was in your intestines? Okay, I didn't really mean to open up that can of worms that <laughs> bad. I mean, I just thought I'd have a little fun with you here this morning. Um, but, but you know, honestly and truly, if if... If we wanted to get into that conversation of men versus female, uh, what's that called? Flatuation? Is that called fla- when flatuance? You, when, when, flatuance. When, mm-hmm. you, when you rip one, cut a fart, cut the cheese, whatever you want to call it. You've got many names for them. Right. I mean, if you, you could tell everybody, I produce scentless ones. Remember, like all. On occasion, yes. Yeah. So sometimes. But most of us, you know, you don't even smell it. You know? It's just very. Now, can you imagine teaming which we have mm-hmm. and and in the cab <laughs> you know <laughs> you're back in the bunk and, and somebody you know what i mean somebody that rips one out you know like that, that's gotta suck as a team driver when you got some guy that ate burritos or whatever you know uh an hour or two ago and it's your mm-hmm. turn to sleep <laughs> oh, radar <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's that's got to be a nightmare. Though. See, that's me with teaming. That's like if if I had to make a list of reasons why not to team, because the other person stinks. I mean, sincerely, stinks. I I, I don't want to say he has this rule that's so funny in our car that if you have to, you know, if you have to pass gas, if you have to fart, you need to put the window down and kind of like let it out before. You, you kill us. And you have to te- and you have to announce who you yeah. are. No, you don't. Like, if you have more than one person in a vehicle. All and of a sudden, s- your window's going down. Right. You kind of know it's you. Nobody Everybody. wants to own up to it. Now, if you're the middle driver, middle seat person there, then then you're like, open a window, I can fart. But, but, <laughs> but now listen, seriously, this is the truth. If you're a But te- he doesn't do it. I'm just telling you. What? I don't do what? You won't put the window down. You just go. Oh, I'll lock the windows. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Listen, listen. I want to go back to this team thing again. Usually, like, your your more beefed up trucks had, like, vents and, and little things you can open up in the back. But a lot of times you don't have that back there to where when someone's farting, you can't get enough air back there to take away that. So... You know, my message to anybody that's driving and you got a team partner back there, seriously, if he, pissed, fans. If, if he pissed you off, eat lots of burritos. <laughs> that's cruel. <laughs> All right. So Ask them about their, um, their, their gastro track prior to signing a team contract with them. Have you been diagnosed with IBS? <laughs> if they have, you might want to stay away from that one. I, um, I think we should move on to the show. 
and uh, get to trucking. What do you think? That's what they listen to us for. All right. So, you know, today's show is kind of an amazing wake-up call for a lot of trucking companies. I think it's going to cause a disturbance. Today, in today's show, we are going to be talking about, and here's really the question. Are 1099 drivers legal or illegal? Is a company Can a company legally make you a con, because a 1099 driver is considered a contract driver. Is that legal or not? We're going to answer that question today on Talk CDL. But first, we're going to go ahead and talk about a few sponsors, Ruthann. How about we start with National Carriers? NCI. NCI, National Carriers. What a, what a nice company. They I have, think they are. Now, listen to this. Some of their runs. I've been, I was talking to Rick the other day. He's the director over there. They've got a run right now if you live in Texas or Oklahoma. They have a run where you could be just running back and forth in those two states. They got a run in the southeast out of Georgia. It runs a lot of Florida up to North Carolina, over to Louisiana, and uh, you just stay south for the winter. They have a southwest regional job open right now, and they have leasing. You could become a lease driver and be a southwest lease driver, or you could be a southwest company driver. You could be over the road. You can be uh, run the elite fleet. You can run any division you really want to, depending on where you live. You'd be in one of these new Kenworth T680s, making really, really good money, and filled with benefits. Ruthann, you can't ask for anything better than that as a company driver. No, they even work with you on your home time. Yeah, they have that flex home time. You ask to get home, they get you home. Yeah. Um, their number is? 888-311-7076. And if you do call National Carriers and you're in orientation, make sure you mention Talk CDL. They love hearing that Talk CDL... Uh, refer to driver over there. Ruthann, the next is? J.J. Keller. J.J. Keller. You love J.J. Keller. I do, because it's like they're, they're, they make being an owner Easy. so relaxing for yeah. that owner. You know, when you own a business, no matter what business it is, you have a lot of stress on you. It's fun to have your own business, but there's so many things that you need to do as a business owner. And J.J. Keller helps get all of that stress off of you that you have to deal with when it comes to the DOT and the transportation portion of that. Well, I agree. I mean, and, and I use myself as an example. If I was back on the road and I was, you know, an owner operator or a lease driver or whatever, and I had to file all that paperwork every year. And Tornado I to, Troy. I had, yeah, exactly. I had to, I had to keep track of everything, you know. And honestly, I would use a company like that just basically because I hate when I don't get paperwork done, and then I hear I've got to get this stuff filed, and I'm going, oh, I don't even know where it's at. I don't even know how to do it. And I'm serious. And these guys, R, R where's this? R, where's that? Okay, R. Anyways, <laughs> call JJ Keller at eight eight eight. 601-2017. If you're becoming an owner-operator or you already are an owner-operator, if you're a small fleet or a large fleet, you want these people to take over. It doesn't matter and, how big you are. Right. These people are awesome at the things they do in trucking. Call them and check out and see what they can do for you today. Ruthann, next, last but not least, Cocoon MDR. It's an application on Android right now. And They said they were coming out with the iPhone app. Who knows if it's out I'm yet or not. I'm expecting it soon. Right. Or it may be out. but It the, might be out, yeah. Yeah, so don't, you know, always keep an eye out for it. But it's a free download, Cocoon MDR. Amazon, Michael, Dees, and David, R's and Robert. Cocoon MDR, just go to that, download it for free. And literally, you have to give them your 
um, PayPal account or, or whatever account you want the money dropped in. And seriously, you do nothing. You absolutely do nothing, and your money starts going in that account. You're not going to get rich, but I promise you every month you'll notice a difference in, in your deposits. Let's put it this way. If it's $25 a month or if it's $50 a month or more, it's going to equivalent to free, first of all. You're, it's something you're getting for nothing. But you could buy something with that. And if you want to really do something cool, don't touch it and let it build and use that for something bigger. I mean, if you get 20 bucks a month, 20 times a, you know, the 12 months, it's a hundred and what, $200 a month, 240. What's that? Or a year. If uh, you get $20 a month and save it for the whole $20 year. $20 a month is, is, is it's low. It's low. Yeah. I'm saying low. I'm saying the lowest that you can possibly, not possibly do, but if you do only 20 even, don't touch it. In a year's time, it's like $240. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's $240 you didn't have before. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. In four or five years, it's another 1000 bucks. I know some guys are making really good money and you think 1000 bucks is nothing, but... Sometimes a thousand bucks means a lot. And you can tell your yeah. your your yourself, I'm gonna do a vacation with that. It's like I'm gonna save that up and do a good vacation. It's like the old <laughs> jar you put in your bedroom and you throw your pennies in mm-hmm. it, and then at the end of the year you, you buy some. Cash them in. All right, so let's get on with the show. Seriously. I wanna real I'm really excited about today's show. This is this is such a big thing in the industry right now, Ruthann. You know that I bet you there, I couldn't even tell you what the percent is, but there are so many trucking companies right now offering 1099 versus, comp, uh, you know, W-2. W-2 meaning that you, uh, they do your taxes and and your, obviously your pay is a little lower because you're going to have your taxes taken out and your your rate is lower because they're giving you benefits. Benefits are like anywhere from, they say, 13 to 20 cents a mile. So if you're, if you're with a trucking company and you're getting... Um, uh, say, just for example, say you're getting 55 cents a mile and you're getting benefits, you're really getting the equivalency to actually 70 cents a mile to 75 cents a mile with those benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, more drivers are now electing to say, screw the benefits. I want the, I want the money. So they get a 1099 job, which you're classified as a contract driver. You get that, right? Yeah, I understand that. Okay. It's funny. I was talking to a trucking company the other day and I suggested to them, I said, hey, you know, with all the 1099 jobs out there, why don't you guys offer that also? And this guy says to me, he said, you know, that's not a bad idea. And he went and he looked into it. And about probably a week later, I said to him, I said, hey, man, did you ever consider what I was talking to you about? He said, absolutely. We went and looked it up. It's illegal. Now, that was a trucking company telling him. That was, and, and so I thought to myself, well, I don't see how it's illegal if you're not an employee. There was actually a a uh, a big blog the other day on Facebook where drivers were talking about um, this one company was offering. It was like seventy cents a mile, and it was ten ninety nine. And and half the drivers in that in that forum said it's not legal, and the other half was going, "You're crazy, man! What are you talking about? They do it all the time. It's, it's legal if you call them a contract driver." Well, guess what we found? Do do do. It's called the IRS 20-factor test, employee or independent contractor or 1099 driver, okay? You, you, I sent you a copy. You have yours right there? Mm-hmm. So why don't we start off? Now, this is, this is an actual um, uh, test 
to see if where you fall as an employee or if you could be a, a contractor and receive a 1099 through the eyes of the IRS. Correct. Now, do you see where it starts off with what is IRS 20 factor test? Do, do you see that? Do you want to go ahead and read that all the way till question number one, and we'll let them hear what they're talking about through their own philosophy. Okay, this is direct from the IRS. It says the IRS 20-factor test uses 20 guidelines to determine whether a worker falls under the employee or independent contractor classification. Businesses specify these categories in the IRS form SS8. It is crucial for employers to understand the distinction between the two aforementioned types of workers considering the serious penalties that can result from employee misclassification. These three categories sum up the considerations outlined in the IRS 20-factor test. One, financial control. Two, behavioral control. Three, relationship of the parties. Now, let's get into the details. These are the the relevant questions you must answer when considering an employee's true status. Okay, so question number one. And remember, they said the three factors are, one, if, you know, is there financial control? Two, is there behavioral control? And three, is there relationships of the parties? And it's going to explain. This is going to be the the 20 questions you must ask yourself as an employee. Is this a legal thing I'm doing? Because specifically you just read about the penalties by misclassifying a driver versus a contractor. You, you just read that. Yes, and I would actually also suggest looking over the form from the IRS, the SS. Um, the SS-8, yeah, absolutely. Go on, go on the .gov site and pull that form up. Mm-hmm. Here's the questions the IRS asked when determining if, you're emplo- if you have an employee or you have a contractor working for your company. And the first question is, what is the level of instruction the answer is that they give is independent contractors render services on their own terms if a business demands how, where, and when to do a particular job, it's indicative of employment. You, you see what they just said? Mm-hmm. So if, if, uh, if a company is telling you where to work, when to work, Okay, and, and how, how to, to do, do the job, you are now considered an employee and not a contractor or a 1099 driver because a 1099 driver falls under classification as contractor. What I can say with that one. Go ahead. When you sign a contract with the company, because as a contractor, you do sign a contract to provide mm-hmm. certain services. Correct. They can put in that contract. You will deliver load A, B, or whoever it's going to be that the, at the time that they need it. Just like if we have someone coming to do work on our house, we got to tell them, you got to do that job between 9 and 5 during the day, or you have to do it between afternoon or something. You work that arrangement out, and that's what they end up doing with that contract. But you can probably specifically put other stuff in that contract saying, I will not do it this way. I need to do it that way. Well, well, all they're saying, though, is if a, if a company, it doesn't matter if you're a trucking company or you're a... Any company. Any company. You, if you tell a person how to do their job, where to do their job, 
okay, and when to do their job. You are really talking to an employee, not a contractor. A contractor, first off, you tell them how to do their job. Guess what? First off, a truck driver has to fall under under the, the rules of the Department of Transportation. FMCSA. They have to fall under that. So but everybody if, is an employee of the FMCSA. But Let's if you that one straight. Okay. So but now listen, I don't want to get my mind on something else. If if you tell them how to do their job, I'll give you an example. You tell a truck driver you have to deliver this freight pulling that dry van across the country. And a an employee has to agree to that. But a contractor could technically say, Hold on, I found a quicker way to do it. I'm gonna drive my truck onto a train and I'm gonna have them take it over for me. Okay. And I'm going to pay somebody else to have it delivered over there, or I'll go with the train and I will legitimately get off at the other end and deliver that freight. I'm serious. This is a contractor is allowed to, to do it the way. It doesn't matter how they get from point A to point B. Correct. They're allowed to perform it themselves. And it's going to actually go into further detail than that in a couple more questions. It's going to blow your mind away. Uh, and I can't wait to get to that answer. You tell them where they have to do it. Okay. Now, it is stipulated. Now, you can say that in order to come and deliver freight for us as a contractor, you know, you have to meet deadlines and, and destinations. I could see that. But telling them how is, and people are probably going, that don't make sense. Trust me, read on. You're going to hear more. Let go to the, go to the second question, Ruth. And what is that? Is there skills training involved? And the answer to that is independent contractors are hired primarily on their existing expertise. If a business feels the need to provide sponsored training for a hired worker, it is most likely an employer and an employee relationship. And I would say that falls, that would side with the contractor part because any truck driver that's coming to work has to have skills to begin with. They don't train 1099 guys normally. They're usually experienced drivers. So mm -hmm. that, that part wouldn't rule you out as having an illegal driver on your team. No, and I don't think like if you come in as a dry van and decide that you're going to start doing reefer and need that, you know, half hour of let me show you how the reefer tanks work and how you're supposed to check it, I don't think that considers being underneath any skills training. Same with if you never flatbed and you're going to a company that does that and you need to learn how to tarp. I don't think that's going to really fall directly underneath the skills training because it's not really too long. It's like oh, yeah. a couple I, hours I of learning it. I don't, But I don't think that should fall underneath that is I, what I'm saying. I think it would fall underneath that. If you have to train a guy to come and say, like you said, flatbed, and, and he does, he's never really tarped before, you're... You're the guy, tr you're providing training from your company to somebody that you're contracting to come in and do a job. If they're a contractor, you're contracting them to do a job that they're already skilled to do. That's driving the truck and delivering the loads. That has nothing to do with flat, you know, covering, well, the, covering it. It sure does. It's, no, because it's some no places different. cover them for you, right? It's no different than a roofer. You say, oh, you, you don't have skills of climbing, climbing up a ladder, but you do know how to nail the, the, uh, the, the, the shingles on. So we're going to train you how to properly cl climb up a ladder. And that's not. You can't. They have to have the skill to perform their ent the entire description of that job. And that would include tarping, chaining, strapping, anything that a flatbed driver would need. Does that make sense to you? 
No, I mean you can disagree. It, it, it does care. and doesn't. Let's put it that way. I I understand completely what you're saying. I just don't think that should be. Um, I sh- I think there should be a time frame. Of what? Of of the training. If the training is less than a day or less than a, so many hours, I don't think it should be. I don't think that should be classified as some of that. Okay, so you're, not with this. So you're saying your opinion is mm-hmm. that, but what I'm just trying to determine here is. Iris is, never thinks the way I do. So. I, exactly, like you're like going off. Uh, you're you taking, know me. Yeah, you're taking the happy trail here, and I'm, I'm just saying that for real. We're. I'm just trying to determine all these jobs out there. At the end of this, what they're saying is legal and not. It's tough. Is is it are people really doing something legal in the industry? So let's just just go on to number three here. Number three says, "What is a work? What is the worker's level of business integration?" And the answer is, a worker directly integrated into the operations of a business speaks more of an employment. Meanwhile, independent contractors regard business as clients, and therefore separate separate entities from them. I can't even read it. They, it, it says they regard businesses as clients and are therefore separate entities from them, meaning the employers. So, um, that that's pretty self-explanatory. Let's move on to number four. It says, is the worker expected to personally accomplish tasks on behalf of business? See, this is where this this one's a good one. Okay, it says one perk of rendering services as an independent contractor is that one is allowed to subcontract. This is what I was getting at. This goes back to number one and two. It says one perk of rendering services as an independent contractor is that one is allowed to subcontract the entire job of parts of it or parts of it. If a business expects workers to personally accomplish the job they have been hired for, then they must be employees. Now, what they just said was, and this is what I was getting at before about that train example. Mm -hmm. Okay, because people five minutes ago were probably saying, Troy, you don't know what you're talking about. Here's why I was saying that. What they just said was, when when you bring in a contractor... Contractors many times bring in other workers under them and Mm -hmm. do the job. So what they just said was a contract driver, if you're going to call him a contract driver, then he has the right to hire another driver, okay, under him and, and, and tell them that they can go ahead and deliver that load that you just gave them. If they pick up a load, they can say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and, and give it to a driver A instead of me taking it and he's going to go ahead and continue and finish the job for me or going back to the train example I'm going to go ahead and put it on on one of the trains and have it transported that way I will get the job done you gave me the job to deliver this freight therefore I now am the contractor I'm going to get it there the way that I deem fit and, and there's as long no, as it's delivered on time it shouldn't matter how it gets there and people right now i guarantee are going that's crazy but it's the truth that's exactly what they're saying i'm going to tell you something there isn't a trucking company out there especially you guys that are listening that would allow a truck driver to when you dispatch him under a load to disconnect from that trailer or and, and have another driver pick it up because the contracted driver the 1099 driver took over and deemed it or dispatched it himself 
to another driver, or he got out of the truck and just left another guy continue on to that destination. I guarantee there isn't a trucking company out there that will allow a truck driver say, hey, I got this load. I'm going to assign it to somebody else, or I'm going to get it there a different way than you wanted me to. Yeah, because what if a driver, like say the driver lives in, I don't know, Colorado, Mm -hmm. the owner. Right. He picks up the trailer there, but he has a driver, and he does just the Midwest. Right. But he has a, a, a driver that he pays to do anything east of the Mississippi. Yeah. So he meets them. Right. In Tennessee somewhere. Right. And says, okay, now you take the load and deliver it to... Wherever. Wherever it's supposed to be in Pennsylvania. And he pays that driver. That's where, I mean, that would, you know, if you think about it, that's actually really cool because if if he has, like, regionals and these drivers know you're going to stay in your region, but you're just going to switch switch trailers, you're only going to get however miles that's going to take, but this is what we agree upon... But this is the driver you're talking about. Yeah. That's he's because he's of the independent. Ru- he is his own contractor. Exactly. If he's going to give it to three separate drivers of his own, like him and two other drivers, to get that load delivered, the company shouldn't, it be- shouldn't make a difference. That's where another question comes up, though. Go ahead. What's the question? When you are a a small fleet owner going on with another company, so mm-hmm. if you have two or three tractors and you're putting it on, mm-hmm. those drivers, they're yours. But they have to fall underneath the same classification of... Employee being dispatched by the company. No, I was going to say hiring criteria for that company. Well, yeah, that's true, too. And and see, the IRS doesn't get into that. No. They're not really addressing that part of it, the hiring criteria of of the the drivers and being... And that's another thing. Because they'll say, oh, you can't have this... Because of our insurance. Well, as an independent contractor, you're not underneath their insurance. Well, you shouldn't be. You should have your own. You have your own tractor insurance. It's just the trailer insurance. Do I you just, have that separate that covers that load too? Well, when you be, when you bring your truck to a company, they provide insurance for you. They offer it. You can bring your own insurance. That's the one thing about that they are doing right. You know, they offer... At a discounted, mm-hmm. you know, pool rate, mm-hmm. or the driver can have his own base plates and his own insurance mm-hmm. if he has his own truck. Um, so, you know, it's a good question, but going back to this here, that's an awesome example that you just said, because as a, and, and everybody out there's, I know everybody, because nobody's ever done this, nobody, but according now, remember what we started out saying here, the IRS is talking about penalties for misclassifying who you have delivering your freight. And if they technically wanted to come in uh, now, according to some of these answers so far, they could deem you, Okay illegally classifying the people hauling your freight. It's a fact. It's a guaranteed fact. Um, So again, I'm just going to say this one more time. If you're a contract driver, like any contracted um, company, you're considered your own company, and a company tells you how, where, or why, or how, where, or when to deliver it, or they don't allow you to sub contract that's what it said subcontract meaning you now contract somebody else to deliver the freight you've been dispatched on you are not considered a 1099 driver you are considered an employee and that is exactly what that's saying and if you you can argue all you want it'll be in the um the tags and the links in the actual article that we put out on talkcdl.com 
uh, underneath the podcast. So you can go there and click on this IRS article and read it for yourself. The only thing that they can get you on is if the contract that you signed with the company states differently. Well, if again, it, it, you know, what it is, is if you hire a driver to not, you know, withheld their taxes, they are considered 1099 slash contract driver. That's the only way that they're classifying these guys as being able to pay. And, you know, I get what they're doing. They're trying to give the guy more money. That's cool. A lot of guys love this route. Then they're getting, you know, some of these guys are getting 60, 70 cents a mile and they're, they're taking home quite a bit of money. All right. But they're not falling under the guidelines of who, what a contractor is. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I do. Verse five or verse five. Um, uh, number five is the business in control of the workers of, of a worker's assistance. That's the subcontract part that you're right. About. right. So obviously this really wouldn't fall under anybody because no trucker out there, unless like you said, he's a small fleet owner, which would make sense. Also is the business in control of your drivers. If a business hires and supervisors, supervises assistance to work under a hired worker, that worker counts as an employee. This means that an independent, independent contractors hire supervise and pay their own assistance. Should they need additional human resources? That's self-explanatory. I'm going to move on to number, number six. If I could find it, it's right after five, right? Is there a con number six? Is there a continuous professional relationship? Independent contractors work on a per-project basis. This means they do not need to have continuous professional relationship with the business for whom they render services. This is different from employees who are more or less in perpetual connection in their with their employers, at least until resignation or termination. So an employee gets instruction all day long. They have to report all day long. They're, they're constantly in this 24-7 relationship where a contract employee, so if, if you have like rules where people have to call in on your Qualcomm every day and do check-ins and do all this other stuff, right? Guess what? You're now considered an employee because a contractor, he gets the job and he just does the job the way he knows how, according to his skills or the way he subcontracts it out to others. Either way, that one is considered a relationship. The other is considered you're just doing business without outside help. Sure, truthfully, mm -hmm. does that say what it says? Mm -hmm. Okay, read number seven. Are working hours specified by the employer? This really doesn't have much to do with with uh, our our type of industry, because it's saying mostly it's typically nine to five, where everybody knows truck driving is not a nine to five job, and we also know that the M FMCSA regulates the driving that a uh, uh, truck driver himself, a class A, can can do. So I don't think number seven will fall underneath. Well, technically, listen to this. Meanwhile, it says it says it says most employees typically work nine to five. Meanwhile, independent contractors have the pre prerogative. Per, I'm sorry, the prerogative to choose their own working schedule. So 
long as they deliver their assigned tasks. Now think about this. If you got a driver that knows I'm going to be on time, but you have dispatch, a dispatcher that's constantly going, where are you? Why aren't you driving? Why aren't you there yet? You can get it off early so we can get you loaded again and pushing the driver to do this. If you have somebody doing that in their legal hours, you have an employee, not a contractor, because a contract driver or a 1099 driver, it just said he can do the job as long as it's done on his own time. Okay, so as long as he meets the appointment time, because even contract, like for example, when you're a, a um, let's say you're a roofer, right, or a, a tile guy, whatever, you're usually, you're, you're contracted to do a job in a certain time. Or if you don't, there's penalties and you end up losing money over that, over that miss, that deadline. So it would really fall into the same place. As long as the driver's on time for his delivery appointment, dispatch really doesn't have the right to be calling him, telling him to check in, telling him to get moving, get there early so we can get you more. They don't have that's the right that to. Contact, that's that contact that, that you just read about being yeah. there's a continuous professional relationship. It states in, up further, it says an uh, uh, independent contractor is hired for their skills that they've already had. If they, you already know that driver already hasn't, which nine out of ten times, you know when you hire someone that they have the experience of so many times, like years or months or whatever, mm-hmm. you already know that they know how to drive the truck. You already know they know to, how to get to, from point A to point B. If they're coming in as a contractor... That means that the only differences are you don't have to hold their hand to do their job. They already know this stuff. So absolutely, I understand what you're saying there where I said it doesn't really, I don't think it falls within it, but I think because of the time it's as long as they do their tasks, that's all. I think the FMCSA kind of like just says you can't really mess with them. Not when it comes to starting that. Well, I, I understand that, you know, if a driver's tired, you're, you're going off on something different. Here. All I'm saying is, as a contract driver, technically, and remember, when you said you said, I'm reading what the IRS says. Well, I was just referring to you said that up, up further. Right. Well, the, yeah, I get what you're saying there, but think about this for just one second. If, if, if I'm a dispatcher and I have a contract driver, according to the IRS 20-question test, I cannot tell him how, where, or when. I, and I can't have the relationship 24-7 where I'm trying to nudge him along. Hey, where are you at? Where are you, where, you, know, where are you going? Um, you need to get moving. As long as that con- contract driver makes it on time, because there's many companies that will try to, and they're trying to get these guys to make more money. I get what they're doing, but I'm just trying to tell you what this is saying Technically, if you're trying to tell these guys what to do, okay, you are you have an employee, not a contract driver, and therefore paying him 1099 isn't legal. And that's just at number seven. What's next? What's the next one? Number eight is the worker expected to render a full day of work. Here, employees normally render nine-hour shifts or full days worth of work for one boss. Uh, conversely. Independent contractors usually juggle several gigs from different clients. And what that just said was he's not locked in to working for only that trucking company. Like if he has, like if he's home on the weekends, he can technically contract to somebody else 
okay if he's got you know another truck i guess cuz it wouldn't be able to, he wouldn't be able to use the their company or their their truck that they assigned to him but technically that's called moonlighting he would be able to go and work for somebody else on the weekends if he wanted to you're saying no fmc regulations you can only drive so so many hours though well if you're if you're on your home time you're on your 40 hours right what if you what if you're not out of your hours what I, if what I if you, you had to do what certain if you're, reset? Well, what if you're no? What if you ran five days for somebody, or you're running four days for somebody, and then you're home for a couple days and you have the hours? I agree there. You're, yes, yes. But I do agree with what you said though too. I mean, if technically that would be tough to juggle, because you really do want to reset your hours. I do agree with that. But if you tell the if you're with a company that's doing more of a regional or local. And you want to do two different local ones to where you're driving. Mm-hmm. Yes, I see that. You could, you should be able to be leased to two different companies if you're doing local where you're not in those same yeah. constraints. So, so far, I agree with some, you know, and I, I think companies can get by. I don't think that every one of these knocks a company out for having a 1099 driver, but the, the telling them how, where, or when or letting them hire subcontractors and getting the job done the way they want to versus the way you're telling them they have to, technically, there is no trucking company going to allow a driver to, okay, go ahead and give the load to somebody else that you contracted to them. That's not going to happen. So technically, they're not permitted to do that, making them an employee versus a contract driver. Um, Listen to this one, number nine. Are services rendered within company premises? If a business demands that a worker accomplish their job within company premises, it speaks of an employment relationship. Independent contractors have the freedom to work remotely. I don't. That doesn't. That doesn't make. That, doesn't that wouldn't fall, fall under there because yeah. truck truck drivers are not on employee property, whether they're contractors or not. I'm just reading them all. Number ten. Does the employer demand? order by which a task must be accomplished here's the answer independent contractors have their own way of doing their job bosses who impose a specific order by which a task must be done are courting employee uh, territories so if you tell somebody how they have to do everything if you have all your rules the way they have to you know do everything and I'm trying to figure out what, where that would fall in, in place for these guys here. Um, a contract driver, you know, he still has to fall under, like you said, the FMCSA rules. He still has to do everything according to the DOT. He still has to do everything according to what a truck driver does. So I don't know what the employee is telling a truck driver specifically. And I know some of them have their, their pet rules about riders and pets and, 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 and that may fall under that. You know what I mean? Like if you're saying, well, we don't allow pets or we don't allow riders. Uh, we don't allow, we don't allow this. How about, here's but it's a, my tractor. Here's a, here's a big one. Um, there's a, a 99% of every trucking company out there has a rule. No guns in the truck. 
That's our policy. There are trucks. It's our company. And you will have no, even if you have a carry permit, you are not allowed to. Well, technically, right there, that falls under that rule. You're telling a guy that's a contractor that he has to follow your rules when legally he can carry a gun in a truck and legally he can carry a dog and legally he can carry uh, his wife with him. But if you have a no, a, a no way rule, uh, you know, a rule saying you don't permit these things, that would fall under that, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I know like with certain, uh, I think even when it comes to, if they say these are our tractors, you know, you're saying with, you said that these are the, our, my our tractors, but then with the independence, it's their tractor. But when it comes to it being company drivers under that, I still think that that's wrong because concealed know, carry means it's concealed. You shouldn't even know that they have them. Well, I mean, I agree with that, too. I 100% agree. I think agree. that goes below. It's like a HIPAA law. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, if I was back trucking right now, I wouldn't even ask somebody if they had to carry a law. Unless they had a, in their orientation, they specified it. That there's going to be a gun with me in my truck. I guarantee you that. And, you know, if I did say that, um, you actually just made me think of that. You said that I said that the truck is the contract drivers, and it's really not. You're right. And if I said that, I misspoke because that there, that should actually probably fall under another rule because, and I don't know if it's going to come up with that, but contractors, and I think it actually is going to be a rule where they provide their own tools for the job. It does. Right. And so it is in there. Okay, so we'll get, we'll wait. Now, if it's a lease, I mean, yeah, no, even no, a lease yeah, should we'll, still, yeah. they're buying it. Yeah, well, that's different. Them. That's different. Leasing is different than 1099 drivers. Well, if you're leasing a tractor and you're, like, if you're renting it from the company mm-hmm. and then you're being a contractor, at, you're doing that because that's, you could do it that way too. Yeah, I mean, technically they could probably say, okay, we're going to, we're just going to draw a contract up where they're lease drivers or, or, and, and drop a contract where, it's it's twenty five dollars a week or a dollar a week for the rental of the truck. Now it's considered theirs. They could do something to that effect, but I'll explain to you in the end why a ten ninety nine driver honestly is is not near as good as a lease driver. Um, anyway, so verse eleven it says, "Is the worker expected to write work related reports?" The answer to that is what, Ruthann. Part of an employee's job requirement is to regularly submit work-related reports. The same rule does not apply to independent contractors whose main goal is to deliver results. What does a truck driver have to fill out every day? His log. Yep. And even though it's electronic, it's still filling out reports for him. But now that... That's, that's FMCSA. That's FMCSA. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's an employee of FMCSA. They're the ones that now going to get penalized by the IRS. Right. But now what <laughs> about we, we mentioned check-in calls, mm-hmm. uh, you know, check-in calls and things like that. And, um, you know, anything pre-trip, post-trip and DOT logs, like you said, that's really FMCSA. It doesn't matter if you're the owner of a truck or not. Yeah, I get it. You're saying we're all, all technically working for the FMCSA because we fall. Too bad the FMCSA ain't paying us anything. But the bottom line is you have to fill out those reports for that um, for that to begin with. But if a company has check-in rules, if you're a 1099 driver, and that you have to fill out any report that's not FMCSA related. It's it like it says here. If you have to submit work related reports, then you fall under employee status. So that's kind of a slippery, a a a, a, a hairy one there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think you can get it. I think the companies are okay with that one. Number 12, it says, what is the payment method used? Companies pay independent contractors per project. If they start paying a worker in hourly, daily, weekly, or monthly rates, which also I'm guessing, or mileage rates, okay, they are they have basically hired an employee. So what they're saying here is, Technically, a contract driver should be paid by the job. So what they should really be saying to these guys, and they could change this one easy to meet the criteria. They could just take the, like, say you're a contract driver or a 1099 guy. Say you're getting paid, you know, just for, for easy numbers, 50 cents a mile. Well, if you're getting paid 50 cents a mile and you know that the trip is going to be 2,000 miles, okay, well, then the driver's getting, what, $1,000 for that trip. And so that would they could they could beat that paying them by the mile or the percentage by just saying here's what the pay is going to be for this trip versus its percentage figured out yourself. In the contract they put in there what they get per mile and the wording that they would use would be this contractor's getting paid 50 cents per mile for every mile they drive while under a load for this company. That covers that whole thing. Yeah. So that that they would that that's covered to them underneath their contract. Okay. Verse 13. It says, "Are paid for business travels included in the contract?" One reason why independent contractors charge high professional fees is that they are expected to pool their own resources. A business paying for a worker's official travels may be um, in an employer-employee relationship, meaning, okay, who's paying for the fuel on a 1099 guy? Them. Exactly. The, con- the contractor's not. The, the, the company is. So if, if you're a 1099 driver, the company pays for all your expenses, and then they pay you just by the mile. See, that's the difference. And the reason a lot of companies do 1099 versus leasing is because the company gets all, I'll, I'll say it now. The company gets the fuel write-offs. The company gets the any any breakdown write-offs, any repairs write-offs, any. They also get the depreciation on the truck. Everything goes to the employee. So at the end of the year, the 1099 driver, he gets he gets a big fat IRS bill. You know, he has to pay higher taxes. And if he if he was a if he was really a contractor and he was leasing that truck from these guys. He would get every write-off, all the insurances, everything that's being paid on that truck. He gets the big write-offs at the end of the year. Therefore, he pays a lot less in taxes. That's the advantage to being a lease driver versus a 1099 driver. You have no write-offs at all as a 1099 driver. So what that just said was one of the reasons independent contractors charge a high professional fee is because they're going to use their own resources. That's what a contract driver does. He uses his own resources. He pays for his own fuel. He pays for his own truck. He, he makes the insurance payments. He does everything. He pays for every single thing, and therefore, he's going to charge higher. In fact, the contract driver should be charging the company versus the company saying, here's what we're going to pay you. I would imagine that also is a no-no. So you're basically, just because I'm, I'm now having my own little epiphany, because I was like stupid in the very beginning. That's okay. You're really talking about if a person that comes on that wants to drive the company's tractor mm-hmm. and do and be their employee, but say, I don't want to get paid 
underneath that, I want like a regular paycheck. I don't want to be paid the way you normally do your payment process. Right, that's W-2. I don't want you taking my taxes out. I want you to do me as a 1099. Okay. Where but I, complete, I get all the money. But, but completely as their employee. Right. Underneath every other guideline. Okay. Right. See, I honestly, that's why I was confused when we we're, and I was disagreeing you with on some of that stuff because I was, in my mind, thinking this is as a lease driver yeah. or an owner operator no. or any of those other drivers that we've, we, we come across that, that come yeah. to a company with their tractor, like this is theirs and they're doing, and that's why I'm like looking at it. What are you arguing? That's why I was like giving you that look, look like what? Right. <laughs> okay. I was yeah. me being stupid. That's okay. Well, that's nice of you to admit that, you know, I've been trying to tell people that all these no, years. No, it only happens every now and then. And this was this one because you came, you know, but, but Okay, yeah, we'll go back to the fart thing. Yeah. No. Okay. Now listen, for real, let's just let's just stay focused here for a second. So really, so now you are on the same page with what I'm saying. Yes. And and a lot of this a lot of these ten ninety nine jobs, according to this twenty question test, if you're an if you're trying to make them an employee just not taking their taxes out, but calling them a contractor a contract driver, according to these questions and answers, you really are not doing it correctly. And you, and by misclassifying them as a contract driver, you could face big penalties if they start cracking down on this. Mm -hmm. So just because there's a lot of people doing it doesn't mean they won't crack down on you. If you're one of the bigger companies doing it, you're probably going to be the first one they crack down on. On all you need, and I guarantee you, you're going to start having drivers complaining over, you know, uh, over this. But all you need is a bunch of drivers to get pissed off and start calling in and complaining about a certain company. And they're going to go in there and they're going to say, whoa. You cannot classify these guys as a 1099 driver and 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 uh, tell control them control them as an employee. Control them as an employee. Provide you know tell them here's the equipment they have to drive. You pick most of these guys say here's your assigned equipment. Mm -hmm. That's an employee. Mm -hmm. Okay, a contract driver. Okay, it really is somebody you need to turn it into a lease. And they said out in California, they're trying to make that illegal lease lease purchase drivers. They're trying to go a step further and tell them and, and make that illegal. And, of course, California, of all states, leads the way in goofy rules, okay, uh, trying to make up new rules that hurt, you know, the industry from their carbon and, and all that other crap that they've imposed on the trucking industry over the years. I would say that you never know. You never know if that's going to be next. But my, my advice to these trucking companies, if you're going to make them a 1099 driver, just make it into a lease contract to where, guess what? They, the fuel comes out of them. The, the uh, truck payment comes out of them. All the insurances come out of them. Now they really are. But you really still can't be telling them how, where, or when. You can't. You can't. Um, you, Unfortunately, technically, like the IRS said, and the one that kills me the most that I don't see anybody getting around because trucking trucking companies will never do it, Ruth Ann, is you can't take somebody and subcontract your work out that the trucking company gave you to do. You No trucking company is going to allow that. But technically, the IRS is saying, hold on, if they're a contract driver, they have the right to subcontract it to somebody else. And I don't see the IRS 
or not the IRS, but I don't see a trucking company going, yep, you're a contract driver, and if you want to get it there by train or you got somebody else that wants to pull the load for you, we'll go ahead and let you dispatch that out to, to somebody else. Wow. That's a tough one to swallow, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That is. I mean, honestly, because that's where it comes in with where I was talking about being a small fleet owner and having multiple trucks yeah. and having it pass, you know, like do a frog hop to each place. <laughs> Ruth Ann, look at number 14. Are there materials and tools provided? You, yeah, I, I didn't, I forgot that that was even in there. That's what we were talking about before. It says again, independent contractors invest in, in their own tools and materials required for them to do their job efficiently. If a business provides these resources, they are working for an, they, they are working with an employee, not a contractor. So you're providing them the truck and you're saying it's a company truck and you're a company driver under 1099, but you're a contractor, you're totally misclassifying these guys and you can get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You, I'm telling you, the only way around this, my advice would be make ter- turn your 1099 into lease versus contract driver and, and make it a good lease. Um, number 15, go ahead. Are there work facilities provided? Another indicator of employee relationship is if the business provides facilities to its workers. Independent contractors rely on their own work facilities. That could fall underneath the tractor. Right. Yeah, there you go. If if you're providing the tractor, because that's what they're working in, Mm -hmm. okay, and it's still your... You're saying this is ours. We're not leasing it. This is this is ABC Trucking's tractor, and you're a 1099 contractor. It just said if 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 that that is not right, okay. But again, if you lease it to them, now it's theirs. Now it's they're responsible for that truck, and it is now their facility to work in. I'm telling you, this is technically a lot of these guys could get in a lot of trouble. Uh, verse 16. It says, "Does the worker earn a?" Uh, preset amount on top of their professional fee independent contractors sometimes have the privilege of gaining profit from their rendered services as outlined in their contract conversely they could also suffer from financial loss should their work results fail i I don't think that that would fall under that well it's just you got to read the next section Okay, let's go to number 17. No, the last sentence. Oh, I'm sorry. Meanwhile, employees earn a fixed amount specified in their employment contract. So there, it does fall under that because that's what a contract driver is getting only what's specified when they sign up. If you're getting 50 cents, 60 cents, 70 cents, that's all you're getting. There's nothing in a contract where you, well, bonuses you could earn. You know, I mean, technically that one's, I wouldn't even go on. I don't think it really falls underneath what, when you got to look at it being the industry we're in, that's how they get paid. Subcontractors, like an owner operator can't say, I want to get $3,000 for this load. You know, that's where, well, unless they're doing the broker, the broker freight, where they are saying, we'll pay you this amount. And then the owner operators have the right to go and bid on those, but not... Not when you're working for a company like this and you're getting mileage paid, I don't think. Okay, number 17 is kind of one that we touched on a little bit. It says, does the worker render services to multi multiple bosses? Independent contractors normally cater to different clients simultaneously. Excuse me, I had to burp. A worker exclus- exclusively rendering services to one boss most often counts as an employee. 
And and like you said, well, that falls under the FMCSA more than anything. Most drivers won't really have the hours to work for another trucking company because you can't just go and log into another logbook technically and work for somebody else because you're already out of hours with your other company. So we'll leave that one alone. First 18, it, it says, uh, number 18, it says, are the workers services available to the general public? A contract binds an employee to a specific employer. The same rule does not apply to independent contractors. Despite signed project specific contracts and independent contractors, professional freedom does not get limited. So if you have the hours, technically what he's saying, what they're saying there is if you have the legal hours to work for somebody else, but you see to me, but I would, that's a killer right there because you could technically hurt your hours with your current employer, or I'm sorry, uh, client. They're called clients if you're a 1099 driver. So, you know, that's a slippery slope there mm-hmm. um, because the FMCSA kind of trumps it all. Verse 19, it says, is abrupt, is abrupt worker discharge a possibility? Independent contractors know the duration of their business relationship with their particular client based on their agreed terms. Employees, on the other hand, are at the mercy of their employers who can discharge them at any time they deem necessary. And so technically, as a contract driver, (laughs) you can't really be fired until the job is done or the contract that you signed is completed. Unless, of course, you wreck a truck, you can, you can, um, that's a, that's a real tight one there, Ruth. And when you think about it, because if you wreck insurance is not going to cover you anymore. So technically you would have to break the contract with the actual driver. So, I mean, I could see them being able to get out of that. You just, it almost sounds like they have to do it differently and maybe on their DAC instead of writing terminated, you know, I think there is something on DAC that they, they write contract terminated. So technically, if you have a 1099 driver, you might want to write on DAC for dismissal is contract termination because that can be done. Okay, verse 20, it says, does the worker possess right of termination? Employees can, can, uh, can quit their job without legal culpability. Meanwhile, independent contractors cannot leave a project without completing it. Doing so will lead to repercussions as outlined in their contract. Culpability definition means responsibility or uh, for a failure or wrongdoing, meaning you can be fired, okay, or you can quit a job where a contract driver legally is not supposed to be able to just quit until the contract is up. So I don't know what these contracts look like or when you're signing up as a 1099 driver, do you have a contract or do you have do you have a a thing that they sign and they're saying you could be terminated at any time and you cannot quit blah 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 this is that's something that has to fall under it it says the IRS 20 factor test exists to make worker classification easier for business owners if in doubt refer to the employee classification guideline so as to refrain from making avoidable mistakes. What do you think of all that, Ruthann? I think that there was at least clearly five rules in there that say 1099 drivers are illegal. Would you not agree? Yes. Okay. And now we're not talking about lease purchase drivers or lease drivers. You know, uh, we're talking about strictly 
We're not talking about a, 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 a driver that came in and signed a contract like a lease or owner operator will. This is a person that came in strictly as an employee that would have normally gotten a W-2, but is requesting to not get W-2 or is being requested to be a 1099 instead, only for the tax breaks. I went and pulled up what their penalties are. Ooh, that's that's even. <laughs> oh my gosh, you should see some of them. Okay, so this is the penalty for misclassifying mm-hmm. um, an employee versus a contract or slash ten ninety nine driver, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear the penalties. Okay, first I'm going to give you the one statistic. According to local state figures, around ten to twenty percent of employers misclassify employees as independent contractors. In fact, between two thousand and ten and two thousand and fifteen. Penalized taxpayers due to misclassification rose from 7.2 million to 10 million, which is an alarming 40% growth. Growth. Usually this incorrect reporting arises from ignorance, but sometimes it's done uh, maliciously. Whatever the reason, here it is. Um... And it's only the only reason they want to make sure with this classification because a lot of drivers don't realize when they're 1099, they don't get Social Security. I'm just going to point that out. They also aren't able for getting certain other tax things like you're stating. So the IRS thinks that employer taxpayer mistakenly classified an employee the IRS can leave uh, levy. Now, this is by accident. Unfiled W-2 fee, 50 bucks. 100%, now this is all in one group, 100% of the matching FICA payments, FICA being Social Security and Medicare, an additional 40% of the employee's part in the FICA, and another 1.5% of the misclassified salary and interest on the whole worker's wages. So you're saying if they made a mistake and, and uh, misclassified somebody as a 1099 or contract driver, but they fell really under the classification according to the 20-factor test that here's the penalties and this is what they have to make up for. Now they got to pay the 40% FICA tax and they got to pay the whatever you just named, all those. $50, 100% of the matching FICA payments. So if a guy's 40%. been... If a guy's been with you for a year, you got a whole year's worth of all that stuff you now got to pay mm-hmm. um, in order to make up um, the difference between him being a 1099 driver and him really falling under the classification of a W-2, a W-2 or employee. Go ahead. Because that's, right, that's what they do good. is they make you go and pay what you would have normally paid for the FICA stuff and everything. Wow. On top of penalties. So if during an investigation by the Department of Labor suspicion regarding malicious misclassification arises, the IRS will enforce additional penalties. They are an additional 20% of all wages paid by the employer to the misclassified employee. So you now, if you got paid... Say $100,000. You just got to add on another Another, 20%. Another $20,000. So that's a big fine. Mm Mm-hmm. FICA contribute, uh, contributions now wholly paid by the employer, 100% for both employer and employee share of the Medicare and, and Social Security. See, when you are a 1099, you mm-hmm. don't pay any taxes and neither does the employee or the recipient. So mm-hmm. no one pays taxes, period. The recipient's supposed to when they file, but you don't calculate it. 
Right. You don't calculate nothing because you're just giving them all the wage when or all the fee or whatever. What, whatever, whatever the income was. You're giving it to them to, for them to be responsible to do their filing. Now, when it's a W-2, the employer has a certain portion that they must pay legally to the state, to the IRS as their Medicare, um, Social Security benefits, and which is the FICA. It's all those little taxes. You see what you pay, but this the, the company has to pay half of that. So um, Social Security, uh, what, at one point, I'm not sure if it's still that, but it used to be 15%. So the state, the, the, the owner pays half of it, the 7.5, and so does the employee. And that's how the employee then will go. It's like a match. They, then mm-hmm. they get that, pers- that money then when they retire and they claim Social Security. So they have to pay, and the same with Medicare. That's how the big Medicare thing is. You know, they, the, the, they, they keep saying, you know, like, oh, we're going to run out one day. Well, that right there is... Part of the reasoning is if everybody's getting 1099, but then none of the you know people that do 1099s pay their portions, there's no Medicare there when they retire. There's no Social Security there when they retire. Nothing. Okay. Um, the next one is fi- um, possible fine of 1000 for every misclassified employee and imprisonment up to one year. Wow, that's for the ones that are they deem intentionally mis- misclassified mm-hmm. a driver as a 1099 driver versus a W-2 driver. Right. Wow. Now, here's other things that can happen. Other than the penalties and fees by the IRS, the misclassified employee can also ask the courts to grant them retirement benefits specifically to 401k employer contributions. So if they offered it before and it was a misclassification, they can ask them now. I want to get back. I want to get back because I was misclassified. I want to get my my benefits I would have received. These are those benefits: paid time off, like vacation leaves, as well as break time if still employed. Investment benefits like stock options, in case the employer offers these options to employees. Health insurance and the unpaid overtime the misclassified employer did not pay. Wow. So there you go. That could be very very steep, and that's just for one. That's just for one driver. Mm-hmm. If you have a fleet of 50 1099 drivers and you have a misclassified as 1099 drivers, you might want to might, might want to take in consideration that the IRS does penalize for this and all you need is a bunch of drivers to go and start complaining. You guys are going to lose millions of dollars because of misclassifying these guys wrong. I think it's about time we wrap this thing up. Do you have, by chance, this is a very long podcast, do you by chance have the word of the day from Word Genius? I do. Yeah? Well, let's go ahead and hear that. You weren't ready for it, were you? No, I actually was just about to hit it till you opened your mouth, so shh. shh. I was debating if I wanted to pick up my laptop for it. Torturous? Like being tortured? Torturous. Oh, tortuous. Like T O R T O T T T O R T U O U S. Tortuous. 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 Not torture. 
So what, what has Word Genius given you today? What, what is the definition of tortuous? Full of twists and turns, excessively lengthy and complex. And what it shows is, you know, when you're driving and you hit that little spaghetti of roads, of roads coming in and, and you've got the exits going in all different, that is what they consider tortuous. Tortuous. So and they will, there will they or won't. Okay. I am not reading that sentence properly. I am just going to go. To the next one. There will they or won't they dynamic made for a torturous romance. Maddie found taking the SAT to be a torturous experience. Interesting. Well, we got another word in our back pocket. Mm-hmm. All right, Ruthann, this has been a long podcast. Uh, go- I have the joke. Well, hold on a second. I, go ahead. I want to leave a little advice. Go ahead. What kind of car does a chicken have? <laughs> What what kind of car does a chicken have? A coop. <laughs> a, coop. <laughs> a chicken coop. I'm sorry, that was just funny. <laughs> a chicken coop. No, it's just a coop. Well, I mean, you can they can call I, it a chicken. I, I get it. That's too funny. Hey, listen, just a little advice about everything. Um, we're gonna put the links in the in the in on talkcdl.com, and you guys can read all about it yourself and and determine if you have a true. 1099 contract driver that you're have delivering freight for you, or do you have an employee? My advice would be be very careful because Ruth Ann just earlier read the penalties and there could be very high, you know, over a couple of years times because the IRS goes back like seven years and they could go back and they could really torture a company if they really want to. So I would be careful. The fix to me, the fix to all this is turn it into a lease. To where, okay, the driver now is responsible for the truck. It's in his name. He's making the payments. He's paying it for the insurance. See, now it's all his provided tools and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, it's a slippery slope when you read some of those definitions of, you know, what makes a 1099 versus a W-2 employee. Ruthann, I think we are out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.